Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I'm about to play over the next two or three broadcasts a recording of Hayseed Stevens talking about how he had a goal back in 1997 to drill and find oil for Israel. And I'm going to play the audio of that DVD for the next several broadcasts. And if you turn off these broadcasts, you're going to be making a very big mistake. The reason I say that is because I think that we are real close to being to the position to where we're going to get the wells and go drill the oil wells in Israel. So let me tell you the brief story, then we'll go to Hayseed. Back in 1982, Hayseed Stevens, a part-time pastor, a full-time oil man out of Willow, Texas, just west of Fort Worth, was invited to go to Israel to meet the prime minister then, Menachem Begin. He said while he was over there, the Lord spoke to his heart and said the world's largest oil field is located at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. He came back, started a company, began gathering the money to go drill the well in Israel, but it didn't go too good until, according to him, Prophecy Club put him on a 10-city speaking tour in 1998 and blew life into his vision to find the oil in Israel. However, in 2003, he fell dead of a heart attack. His son took over the company, and things didn't go so well. In 2007, his former attorney called and asked me if I would be willing to start a new oil corporation to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact response was, thanks, but no thanks. I've got plenty on my plate. I don't have anything to do with oil anyway, and I gave him a bunch of other excuses. I said, I'll pray about it, but probably not. So my get-out-of-the-problem prayer that night was, Lord, as you know, I don't have any extra $5,000 laying around. Start some oil corporation. So if you want me to do this, send the money. The next day, phone call comes in. Lady asks me to return a call. I call her back. Thank you for calling. The reason I ask you to call is because two nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night, told me to give you $30,000 to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. Well, what would you do? We took the money, <laughs> so we started Prophetic Oil. And it wasn't too long before I saw this is not the way to get the money. Nevertheless, I set up an 18-city speaking tour, and it was June 14th of 2008. I remember it specifically. I spoke in Amarillo that night, and I said, Lord, as you know, it's not going so good. We're spending $3,500 per city in advertising, not many people showing up, not many people getting saved. So I hope you're pleased what we're doing. Well, he spoke audibly to me that night. He said, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. Now, anytime I say that, I have to give you a disclaimer. That is, I cannot guarantee that we're ever going to get the money drill for or hit oil in Israel. So we had started Prophetic Oil Company, and no, we're not offering stock at the moment, and I don't know that we're ever going to offer stock again. But again, I do believe that God was speaking to me when he said, Stan, we will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. Now, I say all of this. And I'm going to put Hayseed on so that you can hear the story from the master, the one that God first called to find oil in Israel. Because I personally believe that that guarantee, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel, is not far off. And when it happens, we're going to go over and we're going to drill, and I believe we'll find oil in Israel. Again, this is not an offering to offer some kind of security. We're just talking Bible prophecy here. Now, here's what I'm going to do. This is over an hour long, and I'm going to cut it into two or three broadcasts, maybe four. And if you cut this one off, I think you're going to be making a big mistake. I really think that you should not only listen carefully, but on this one, 
you probably want to go to watchprophecyclub.com and get you signed up, whatever the registration is there. You probably want to not only listen, but you probably want to watch this one so that you can see those maps, because here very shortly we believe that Prophecy Club, Spirit of Prophecy Church, and, of course, Prophetic Oil are going to be going to Israel to drill. And I'll have to tell you all the story. So if you want to be following us, you're going to have to know the background on it so that you can follow us and understand what I'm talking about. So now let's go on over and listen to my good friend, Hayseed Stevens. And one of the greatest resources in the world today, and, and the number one resource in the world today, is OIL, oil. And does anybody know what makes up petroleum, the word petroleum? Petra, rock, oleum, oil. Petroleum, rock oil. Rock oil petroleum. And it says, here's where we really messed up. It says, to be used in the service of God first and then man. But what do we do normally? And I'm not saying y'all, because I don't know y'all and y'all don't know me, but, but y'all are here to listen to, to prophecy and, and to be an encouragement. Uh, uh, pray to me and, and let me encourage you. Uh, but normally, man as a whole, mankind as a whole, takes hold of the natural resources but uses it for their own selfishness and their own good. And then if there's any left over, doles it out little by little. And that's why the world is in the shape it's in. Because Christians have not taken hold of the resources and done what God said to do. God said that we must take hold of all of the resources, natural resources and use it in his service and then for the service of mankind. You say, well, maybe I would never get anything. That's not God's nature. That's not our God's nature. If that's what you say and that's what you think, then you really don't know our God. You don't know God. You take Solomon for an example, and I'm going to use him again a little bit later, but take him for an example. Solomon is a man that was born into a Marriage that uh, was, was birthed in the deepest sin that could possibly be. But David repented and Bathsheba repented and, and God blessed that union. And out of that union came Solomon. And Solomon became the richest man in the world and the wisest man in the world. Why? Because when God came to him in a dream and he said, Solomon, I'll give you whatever it is that you ask for. Whatever your desire is, whatever your desire is. Can everybody say your desire? Your desire. Whatever your desire is, I will give you. Now, you know, to most of us, if God told us that, that would be pretty dangerous, wouldn't it? All of a sudden, we start thinking, uh-huh. But Solomon said, oh, God, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, and give me understanding so that I can lead these great people of yours. That's what he wanted to do first. And God gave him all of that. And he said, now go build the temple. The temple where I will be housed. Now think about it. If you're going to build the temple of God, you're absolutely going to build the most awesome building that's ever been built in the world. Amen? Amen. To house God that created the earth. All the resources that, that was available to him. And that's what happened. And so he did. And then what did God say? Now that you have 
given me your best. Now go build yourself a palace like has never been built in all of the world. And we, what we do, we stumble over dollars or million dollars to pick up dimes and pennies because we're going to use it on ourselves instead of using it on God first and then let God bless us. Who in this room can think about with their little pea brain, you don't even have to be blonde. You know, you, but, but can, can have the audacity to think that you can outthink God. Think something bigger than what God can do. Are you with me? He is a God that can even make a donkey deliver a message. So that's how Hayseed knows that he has a chance. Because if he can speak through a donkey, surely he can speak through a hayseed. Amen? Okay. So the point I want you to really get in your mind is it's all about oil. Everything that's happening in the world today is all about oil because those that control the gold rule. Those that control the oil rule. And after tonight, I pray that you'll understand a little bit more about how the foreign policy of the United States is set up and how it works and, and where we are in, in, in uh, uh, time. Because I, I can assure you, we are in the season of his appearing. I can't, we, you know, nobody knows the day, the hour, nor should we. If we did, we wouldn't have to walk in faith. Somebody came to me the other day. Matter of fact, I think I was in Portland. And he cornered me. And I, I you know, you can see somebody, when they're coming at you both, I mean... <laughs> They got a beeline on you, and he got me in a corner over there. And he, and after the, after we talked about oil and and all what we're going to talk about today, and he said, "Okay, tell me, tell me," because the Bible code knows the very day that this oil is coming in, and knows that we're going to discover it, and knows that it's going to be discovered at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. So he he cornered me, and he said, I, "I know you know, I know you know." I said, "No, I don't know." I said, "I don't want to know. I don't want them to tell me." I told him, don't tell me. I don't want to know. And they didn't. He said, oh, come on. I want to know. I said, why do you want to know? He said, boy, I got some things to do before Jesus comes. And, 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 and I sure don't want to be doing them when he comes. <laughs> At least he was honest. At least he was honest. And I can assure you, God can deal with honest people. And that's why I said in Revelation, the third chapter, I would that you be hot or cold. I would that you be hot or cold. Since you're lukewarm, you make me so sick at my stomach, I'm going to vomit you out. So I tell you, I, I fear God. I, I, I don't want to make him sick at his stomach because I don't want to be vomited out. Genesis 49.1 says, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, amen, called for his sons, all of his 12 sons, and said, Gather yourselves together around me so that I may tell you what shall befall you in the latter or last days. Now, if we believe we are in the latter or last days, then that ought to make our ears go, Joop. Genesis forty-nine twenty-five. Jacob, on his deathbed, was telling Joseph. He said, Joseph, by the God of your father who will help you, and by the Almighty, who will bless you. Blessings, and I believe those blessings he's talking about right there is oil, lying deep beneath. In the Hebrew, it says deep beneath the deepest deep. Deep beneath the deepest deep. Now, 
The Dead Sea, we know, is the lowest place on earth. And underneath the Dead Sea, we'll find out in a minute, because we've got grass and charts and so forth, we'll find out in a minute that absolutely all those reservoirs down there, and we'll find out the salt is down there, the cap rock is down there, and I'm going to just let this out. I'll be chewing on it a little bit. But the four zones that produce 80% of all the oil that's produced in the Middle East has been trapped under that salt dome for four thousand years waiting for God's time because he is a sovereign God and Hayseed Stevens or anybody else is not going to bring that oil in and that gas in one minute too early but we know it's coming because Genesis 28 12 says Israel in the last day shall be the lender and not the borrower now how are they going to be the lender and not the borrower when today they are the borrower Huh? And, and if you've been over the, living in Israel is not easy. It is a Spartan life. And so consequently, most of those, the, the Jewish, Jews that really have something on the ball, so to speak, have moved to America, moved to South Africa, moved to the areas of England of, where they can make great wealth. And they've made their 5 million, their 10 million, their 15 million, maybe even their 50 million. You say, well, what in the world is going to get them to come back home? I'm so proud you asked. Could you hold that question for just a minute? We're going to move on. Look what it says in Isaiah 45, 3. Do you think Isaiah was a pretty good prophet? Isaiah, now listen, when Isaiah was talking here, he was talking to a Gentile. And remember Gentile, because we all are Gentiles, I think. There may be some Jews in here, I don't know. But we, we... he was talking to a Gentile named King Cyrus. And he was talking to him about building the second temple. And he was telling him, he just called him Cyrus, my anointed one. And he was telling Cyrus where he was going to get the money to build the second temple. Now listen, get a hold of that. He was telling Cyrus where he was going to get the money to build the second temple. And he said, I will give you the treasures of darkness. I believe he's talking about oil. Riches stored in secret places, all traps, so that you will know that I am the Lord, the God who calls you by name. Before I ever was called to Israel on my business cards, I already had Isaiah 45, 3, because I already figured out that God was talking about all. Now, look here. Here's what the Hebrew translation says. I will shoot, gush up to you, and everything's in princes I've put in there, Deposits, oil deposits that are stored in valuable dungeon-type containers. I believe that explains and spells out what an oil trap is. So that you will know that I am the Lord your God who called you by name. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty specific. And in, in the English language, we lose so much in interpreting the Word of God from the Hebrew and from the Greek. Because there's, well, take love for an example. And that's one of the things I love to teach on is love. God's love all over the world and, and have an opportunity to. But, but love, here in, in the English language, you say, boy, I love that steak I ate a while ago. Boy, I love my dog. Boy, I tell you, I love my wife. Boy, I love God. Are you going to say you love God like you love your steak? A lot of people love their steak a lot more than they love God because they'd rather eat than come to church. 
Are you going to say you love your dog more than or as much as you love your wife? <laughs> well, I have known a few that love the dog more than they love the wife, especially down in Texas. Man, I tell you what, they got them hunting dogs, and they and and they can come up here to Kansas and come up here to uh, uh, Nebraska and come up here to Oklahoma, Western Oklahoma, and uh, North Texas and and hunt those pheasants and. Boy, I tell you what, they got them dogs, and, and I don't make no difference what their wives say. They going pheasant hunting, taking their best dogs, them dogs they love. Hello? Yeah. Well, Mama said, what, you going, what am I going to do? I don't care what you do. I'm going hunting. <laughs> well, but we got a revival going on. Well, they shouldn't have scheduled it in the middle of hunting season. <laughs> Hello? Right. So what we're saying is many times we love our steak, we love our dogs, we love our wives more than we love God. Because anything becomes a God to us that comes between us and serving God. Anything. Even our ministries. If our ministries come between us and getting to know God as our own personal Savior and allowing Him to clean us up from the inside out so that when you look at me... When I look at you, I don't see you. I see Jesus. We don't need to go around passing out tracts and telling everybody how sinful they are and then go in the next bar down the street. Well, that's good. If we would just be a tract, we wouldn't need to think about passing out tracts. Hello? All right. Well, I got a little, I guess Stanley left a little preach up here, so he got some preach on me. Deuteronomy. 32.13, here's another verse that confirms the oil in Israel. He, God, made him Israel ride on the heights of the land and fed Israel with the fruit of the fields. Now, my fields are oil. Other fields are cotton, etc. But I believe he's talking about oil here because it says, and with the oil from the flinty rock. The flinty rock. Another translation says, Craig, the, 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 the flinty uh Craig Rock. Uh, what does that mean to me? Craig means denotes porosity. I mean, uh, uh, permeability. If you got a sponge, everybody's got sponges, right? Okay. When you drop that sponge, you squeeze it and you drop it down the water and turn it loose, what happens? Sucks up what? So the sponge is full of water. And the and water's in the pores. Now, it'll stay in there until somebody squeezes it. And when it's squeezed, it does what? It runs out. Well, that means that the pores have got to be connected. That's called permeability. A lot of people feel like that the oil underneath the ground is in just lakes and lakes and lakes of oil. It's not right. It's in the pores of the formations, whether it be sand, whether it be uh, limestone, dolomite, etc., etc. It's in the pores. Now, in order to get that oil out... It has to have porosity. So if you find porosity that's filled with oil and you find that it has permeability, the pores are connected, and you drill into it, here comes the oil. Now, it can have lots of porosity, but no permeability, no connecting, and you will have to go in, and I'll show you that in a little while, you have to frack it. That means opening up the pores where they will flow the oil or, and or natural gas in. So you have natural porosity 
and you have sec, sec, secondary and fractured porosity. And little, let me tell you, at the southwest end of the Dead Sea, it's the most earthquake-prone place in the world. Now, you take your windshield. If you get a hammer and you draw back and pow as hard as you can on that windshield, what's it going to do? Fracture all over. Well, that's what the earthquakes do. And it fractures, and out of each one of those fractures are paths and channels to allow oil to migrate. So not only do we know at the southwest of the Dead Sea that we're going to have somewhere between 20 and 25% porosity, which is a lot, and especially for the deep, as deep as we're going to go. But we also know it's got those, that secondary porosity fractures because there have been so many earthquakes down there. So whatever is there, it's going to come to see us, and it's going to come to see us in a big way. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. In Job 29, 6, it says, And the rock, the flinty crag, poured me out rivers of oil. What do we say oil was? Rock oil. Rock oil. All out of the rock. Stan and I have stood on top of Horse Dome, the, the mountain that you'll see in a minute, and, and which is a salt dome, 600 feet out of the ground, 600 foot high mountain. We stood up there, and, and, you, and you can just look. As a matter of fact, we have film back here that, that, that's got it on it. And you just pan, and you can just see that huge river that runs 60 miles long by 8 miles wide. And I don't know about anybody else, but I know about myself. I can walk on that land, and I can feel that oil bubbling. I mean, I can feel that oil bubbling in my spirit. Because I know God spoke to my heart, and he said at the southwest end of the Dead Sea was the greatest oil field in the world. And now then the scriptures are backing it up. And now then we have science. This book is not for sale, so I'm not holding up to sell a book. This, I, I, there's not enough money to buy this book right now. But it will be for sale down after the oil comes in. But in this book, there's 54 geologists, geophysicists, seismologists, geochemists, etc. that have reports in this book that shows that at the southwest end of the Dead Sea is the only place on earth where the spirit and science shake hands. Now what happens? I, I, when I grew up, all we used to do, if you bought a cow, you, you would shake hands on it. I can remember my father. And, 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 you know, we fathers, we teach our kids so much, and we don't even think about it at times. I mean, just, just, just it should be just natural. What, what we do naturally ought to be the greatest teachers to our children. But it was, it was, sun had just gone down, and it was dark. And so my daddy traded for a milk cow, or bought a milk cow. And so he and, my, and our neighbor shook hands on it. We went on home because it's too dark to, to take the milk cow home because we didn't have any lights or reflectors on our trailer. So we had to move everything during the daytime. We support, we couldn't pay attention. And, and so anyhow, we, we go on home and we get up the next morning, get into our trailer, go over to pick up our brand new milk cow, drive up there and that milk cow is laying out there just dead as it could be. Just dead. I mean, graveyard dead. She had got a door open some way during the night and got in the cotton seed and had ate and ate and ate and foundered and ate herself to death and killed herself. Now, it's hard to get milk out of a dead cow. It's even hard to load a dead cow. But guess what? My daddy reached in his pocket 
wrote out that check, I'll never forget, $250 handed to our neighbor. Folks, at that particular time, that taught me a tremendous lesson, but I'm here to tell you, God was rejoicing that day. The angels in heaven was rejoicing that day. And the lawyers were very disappointed. I want to share with you a picture here. How many of you, how many of you have heard of Dr. Carl Ball? Dr. Carl Ball is, one, of, in my opinion, one of the most brilliant. And again, what I'm saying to you, this is what God has given Hayseed Stevens to share. If you receive it, wonderful. Go home, pray about it. Look up these scriptures. Check it out. Say, God, is this guy real or is not real or whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. I just got it all settled with God, and, and that's all I'm concerned with. But he says, go tell. Go tell the story so that others may have an opportunity if God speaks to you. But anyhow, this, this was built for Dr. Ball, and uh, he came. Matter of fact, Dr. Ball and I went to the same high school in Abilene, Texas. And, and he went one way. I went the other way. He served God all of his life, and I served the God of this world until I was 40 before I got to serving the God of everything. And so consequently, uh, when God spoke to my heart and told me about that the oil, greatest oil field in the world is at the southwest end of the Dead Sea, he also showed me that the oil was not coming up, was coming up out of under the mantle of the earth. It was not where dinosaurs gathered to die. I mean, when I was lost as a goose in the oil business, I found a lot of oil, made lots of money. But I never could believe and never would believe that all the dinosaurs decided to go to the Permian Basin to die. Hello? And over in, in the Persian Gulf to die. I mean, I mean, you think about it. I mean, anyhow, I, 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 I couldn't figure it out. But what happened in Genesis 1, you'll have to kind of read between the lines and let the Lord speak to you. But in Genesis 1, verses 9, 10, and 11, it talks about... As you know, I make many broadcasts referring to a list of dreams, visions, audible voices, I believe, are from God, given to Dimitri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Groover, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Marie Scalar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, Bree Keaton, and more. Now, you can have your very own copy. It's called God's Warnings to America. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. God's Warnings to America at prophecyclub.com. In my new book, Miss the Mark, I expose the nine deceptions the beast will use to deceive, if it were possible, even the very elect. Since Lucifer is only given three and a half years to rule the world, but given 6,000 years to prepare for it, is it possible he has set up a nine-point plan so well thought out, so cunning, will deceive all whose name is not written in the book of life? What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? What would you do? Would you tell them? I believe you would. But what is the most important thing in the world to tell a person? The answer is, don't take the mark of the beast, because those taking the mark do not get soul death, but eternal torment in hell. But how do you tell them? Give them Miss the Mark. It is designed to be given to anyone, even if they've never heard of the Bible, Jesus, even if they're in another religion. It takes them from a blank page to making sure they will never take the mark. It's thin and easy to read. One for 20, but don't do that. Instead, we make them available in lots of 10. 10 for 25, 20 for 40, 40 for 60. That's one for 20, but don't do that. 
10 for 25, 20 for 40, and 40 for 60 at prophecyclub.com. That's miss the mark. Don't take the mark of the beast. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, God blessed me by helping me to memorize the book of Revelation just as a simple project. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for 55 It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20. No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55. Prophecyclub.com.